I've won the battle. I've saved the kingdom. I think I can find myself a horse. I like the cut of your jib, young fellow, my lad. Welcome to Avant Bard, a podcast where two theater nerds explore the highest highs and the lowest lows of works inspired by that upstart crow himself. Ho, William. Shake. Spear. My name is Matthew James Marquez, and I use he, him pronouns. And my name is Megan Charlow, and I use she, her pronouns. Today, we're talking about... Season 1, Episode 1, well, I should say Series 1, Episode 1 of The Black Adder. Oh, we're going across the pond for this one, Megan. You always sound like a Dalek, almost. (laughs) I grew up watching Black Adder, so this is very exciting for me. Well, Megan, I am so happy to take these reins that I have had on my side of the table for many an episode and hand them over to you. Okay, this is... Oh, boy. You have complete control, Megan. Oh, boy. I will not stop any bit or talk about from this point onward. So I'm just going to sit back, relax, and let you do your thing. Black Adder is a pseudo-historical British sitcom that spanned four seasons or series, if you're talking British TV, and covered multiple periods of British history. The show aired from 1983 to 1989 on BBC One. If you're a fan of British television, you've likely heard of Blackadder, whether you've watched it or not. The show has left a huge impact on TV viewers, even without any new content coming out for decades. In a 2001 poll by Channel 4, Edmund Blackadder, our main character, was ranked third on the list of 100 greatest TV characters. Wait, wait, like, from, like, BBC history? Like, the whole thing. All of them. Get number three? Yeah. That's impressive. I, I'm impressed. I would have voted for him. Actually, I'd vote for Baldrick. Anyway, in a 2004 TV poll for Britain's Best Sitcom, Blackadder took the second place spot. The first season, which is what the episode we're covering is from, takes place in the British Middle Ages, during the reign of King Richard IV. Wait a second, Megan. There ain't no Richard IV. Well, according to the Blackadder, there is. We're dealing with some alternate history shit. Which has actually come up multiple times in, like, fairly recent politics in Britain, from what I've seen. Where they'll be like... Some Black Adder shit right here. Really? Yes! For what? Like, just, like, people- Where they're just like, this can't be reality. This oh. is some Black Adder shit. Oh, you mean, like, in U.S. politics when, like, something absolutely horrendous happens that Yeah, like, our, pre- our president speaks. Yeah, and yeah. he says something, and it's like, how is that real? The show was given one million pounds to make six episodes, which is- approximately in today's US dollars 4.5 million which doesn't sound like a lot because like really popular network shows get like millions per episode i think but it was a lot of money then when it came to tv 
And it did well, but network executives were not super happy with it. And the creators also were like, yeah, it looked good. And like, it had some funny jokes, but we didn't really make a cohesive show. So for the next seasons, they had to change a lot of things. But we're not talking about those seasons. We're talking about season one. Yeah, we're bringing you the shitty one that nobody liked. Well, no, some people liked it. It's just, you know... Most people say that it's the worst season of the four seasons. But it's like saying, like, this is the worst good thing. Right. Like, I love it still. And one thing that makes this show special to our podcast is that numerous episodes will end with the credit with additional dialogue by William Shakespeare. And they list him as one of the writers because they take so much from him. Fun fact, Megan. Shakespeare is the most credited writer on IMDb. He should be. Because there have been so many adaptations of his work that no other writer could possibly hope to get that many credits. Speaking of credits, it is time for Megan's Acting Corner! So who's in Blackadder, Megan? You say. Who is in Blackadder, Megan? I say. And I say, you ever heard of Rowan Atkinson? The bean guy? Yeah, beloved comedian across the globe. Big name in the BBC, Mr. Bean. Johnny English. The guy who was the hotel owner in The Witches, the original one. Also, Edmund Blackadder. Also... Mm -hmm co-writer of this first season the black adder wait did he co-write the other seasons no he he was like i'm sick of this i just want to be the actor and they were like yeah that's fine richard curtis was like yeah no i got this speaking of richard curtis you know that name no you should wrote bridget jones movies wrote love actually co-wrote mr bean and the black adder series (laughs) okay now i know him rowan atkinson Big name, funny guy. When they had the Olympics, he did a little skit. He did a little skit when they had the Olympics there. Yeah? Yeah, it was a good skit. He just like played one note. It was funny. Did you know that in March 2001, while he was on a holiday trip to Kenya, the pilot of his private jet plane or whatever fainted and he maintained the plane in the air until the pilot woke back up? I didn't know that, Megan. Well, it's a fact about Rowan Atkinson. Megan, okay, I need to push the pause button on the acting corner. How can you sit there and stew in languishing impatience when I do an acting corner and you get to tell a story about how Rowan Atkinson helped a pilot that fainted? Like, how, how is this equity, Megan? You know who else is in the Blackadder? Who, Megan? Brian Blessed. Megan, you said it wrong. I can't say it like him. It's Brian Blessed! The man with the booming voice. R. Richard IV. My hero? I mean, that would be fair. Literally, I think the best compliment I've ever given an actor is that he reminds me of Brian Blessed. You just have to have so much passion and so much energy to even hope 
to become close to matching Brian Blessed. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I have no idea what that name is, then you're even worse than Megan when it comes to actors. I'm going to say it. Brian Blessed is a big name in the world of stage and on screen. He was Old Deuteronomy and Bustopher Jones in the original West End production of Cats. I know you all care about that a lot. He's done a lot of Shakespeare productions, like a lot, a lot. He was also Boss Nass in The Phantom Menace. <laughs> he did both the movements for Boss Nass and The Voice. Yeah, so he did that lip wag. And if you want new Brian Blessed content, you just have to turn on Peppa Pig and wait for Grampy Rabbit to show up. But out of all these roles, he claims that Richard IV in The Black Adder is one of his most cherished. Oh, that's so sweet. He cherishes it from the widely considered worst season. The only one he's in. Did you know that Brian Blessed was asked to be the second doctor on Doctor Who, but had to turn it down because of scheduling conflicts? I didn't until today, and I cannot fathom a world in which he was the doctor. My brain tries to fathom what the world today looks like if Brian Blessed was the doctor and it just can't. I think it would be a better world place. I, it might be. Did you also know he went to Venezuela one time and the plane crashed and he survived? Oh, okay. A little darker, Megan. I'm not blaming Blackadder for these plane malfunctions, but it seems like too much of a coincidence. Also, his daughter's name is Rosalind. And as a Shakespeare podcast, I think it was very important that we said that. We see you, Brian. Everyone else is great, but they're not as recognizable. So those are the two that I wanted to bring up from this episode. And now it's time for the curtain to close upon Megan's acting corner. And for the curtain to open on Marquez's context corner. So Black Adder, season one. The Black Adder. The Black Adder, season one. Well, it, no, no, I mean, season one is called The Black Adder. That's how they differentiate it. Wait, so later seasons are just called Black Adder, but season one is The Black Adder? Well, like season four is Black Adder Goes Forth and things like that. Oh. The Black Adder is inspired by William Shakespeare's Henriad. And most particularly, Richard III. Actually, though, just kind of the end of Richard III and the bits that come after. Most likely written from 1592 to 1594, the play ends the first Henriad, which covers the War of the Roses, leading to the rise of Elizabeth I's family. It also really isn't, considering that this whole show is an alternate history. So I guess, um, well, okay, it has lines from William Shakespeare, so it counts. The episode begins. <laughs> yes, yeah, so they start off with a prologue that basically helps ease the audience into this whole alternate history with Richard IV, and it mentions how Henry Tudor is a piece of shit and a liar. He's the most vile liar in all of history because he said Richard III was a bad person. When in fact, he was, according to the Blackadder, a pretty good dude. He loved 
loved his nephews so much, especially Richard Duke of York, who grew up to be a big and strong Brian Blessed. I actually really like this because it is considered shitty how Richard III is portrayed in popular culture as a hunchback devious killer considering he was just kind of on the wrong side of history and Shakespeare's like I'm gonna write a play he's big bad evil man because my queen is Elizabeth and I don't want to be hung (laughs) they also have the title the black adder show up in this beginning and I just gotta say It is so old school. It looks all pixely. It was like the 1980s. And I gotta say, it looks real good. And by that, I mean, it looks real bad. It looks like a college class if they had the money to have landscapes. Like, if they had the money to shoot on locations. Yes. I would also like to preface this episode before we get even deeper in the fact that this show is very farcical, which makes it kind of difficult to critique so it really is like is it funny is it funny because there are not many poignant moments or like strong choices to be made here i mean there's the strong choice of it being an alternate history but we just covered that do you know why they did that no i did not megan please tell me because rowan atkinson and richard curtis were like hey, we want to make a show. And they were like, "Uh uh-huh. Is it going to be like Faulty Towers? And they were like, uh, no, it'll be in, uh, flip, 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 medieval England. So they just wanted to do like bits, but they didn't want to just have the bits be in modern day England. Yeah, because then people would be like, so you made Faulty Towers? And they're like, no, we made historical (laughs) Faulty Towers. I just love how it's not even hiding the fact that it's just, we love bits. And we want to do as many bits as possible. Literally on the first day of filming, Rowan Atkinson went up to Richard Curtis and was like, hey, so what is my character like? And Richard Curtis went, uh, well, he says these jokes and I didn't think about the rest. Yeah, it's a joke first, Megan. So let's move into scene one, Megan. It is the eve of the Battle of Bosworth's Field. And we open on a feast with revels, Megan. Oh, jocund times. Revels. And we also start out with the opening monologue of Richard III, but with a little bit of a more positive spin. Do you want to go line by line to compare them? Sure. Now is the winter of our discontent. Now is the summer of our sweet content. Made glorious summer by this sun of York. Made overcast winter by these Tudor clouds. But I that am not shaped for sportive tricks. And I that am not shaped for black-faced war. I that am rudely stamped and want love's majesty. I that am rudely cast and want true majesty. So they jumped around a bit. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to see a whole speech made jokey. That would not be funny. It's a long speech that if you're doing a 33-minute jokey show, it's a little too long for it. So during this speech, we have a brilliant moment of physical comedy, in my opinion. 
where Richard III starts and he looks hunchbacked. He's kind of crouched. And then as he's going, he starts tugging his cloak that's caught under a chair. And then Brian Blessed, Richard, Duke of York, pulls it out from under the chair. And then he stands up straight. And you see he's not hunchback. His cloak was just caught. It's funny. I would also like to state that Rowan Atkinson's character, Edmund, speaks up. This guy is a dang-ass weirdo. There's something about Rowan Atkinson where he's just weird. And it's good. Like, it's not annoying. No, he's just a little bit off. And, like, he tries making jokes about, I thought I was just gonna go fight with the enemy tomorrow, not you guys. (laughs) Ha ha ha. And everyone's like, what the fuck, Edmund? (laughs) But he says huzzah a little bit too late after the king's speech. And Richard turns to Richard of York and asks, who is that? And Brian Blessed, in a beautiful moment, turns to a different lord. I don't know, I'll ask my son, who is that? Your other son, my lord. It is my other son, my <laughs> lord. 100 points to Brian Blessed. Yeah, oh, it's so good. I will say in advance, this hasn't happened yet, but there are some jokes that really don't hold up and are just a little uncomfortable because it was the 80s and they thought things were humored that aren't. When it comes to jokes that aren't that, the timing and the delivery is so spot on. Oh, it's good. Also, Marquez, hmm, what's his lesser cared about son's name? Edmund. Edmund. As in the character from King Lear? Yes. Yeah, this character has nothing to do with that character. Not in this episode. Wait, really? I'm nodding. I'm excited. I kind of want to watch more of the show. Well, I want to watch more of it with you. Okay. Do you just want to watch Black Adder, Megan? Yeah, let's watch Black Adder. And like, if there are episodes that feel like they really should be brought up on Avant Bard, we'll do them. Yeah. So the king just kind of like brushes Edmund off, like with just like a little wave. He's arrow fodder, whatever. whatever. He's a little turd. He does call him that. (laughs) We also meet Baldrick. I love Baldrick. Who just kind of becomes a secondary character. He's a servant, and then he instantly becomes Edmund's squire. For no reason, just because he says, I saw that the king looked at you, my lord. (laughs) And Edmund's like, now this guy. (laughs) He's onto something. (laughs) I would also like to state that Edmund's voice is basically the voice I use for goblins whenever I have them in my role-playing games. And I shall become... The Black Adder. That's my voice. He stole my voice. The next scene, we get the day of battle, and we see Richard III cresting a hill, giving the St. Crispin's Day speech mixed with another speech. I was able with sleuthing to find out that um, it's cobbled from Henry V. And they do the thing again where they change the lines a bit to make it funny and suit this retelling of a retelling of history. Yes. And uh, it's Ralph the Liar's Day instead of St. Crispin's Day. Funny. I wrote here, go kick kill, because Brian Blessed basically reacts to the king's speech by saying, kill, kill, kill. And I thought of, she's the man. Good through line. But then we cut immediately to Edmund and all his friends, and they're still abed. Their manhoods are cheap. They are accursed. 
Because his sundial didn't wake him. Okay, that's a funny joke. I, it got me. I'm a fucking sucker for this very specific type of joke, which is a modern day appliance, but it's back in the past, so they have to use a different type of thing. Because technology doesn't exist yet, and that will get me every time. So they're like, oh no, we gotta get to battle, and they get ready quick. And Edmund's like, hey mom, don't tell anyone I was late. And she was just like, oh honey. So they get to the battle, but first they go in the wrong direction, because joke. And when they get there, Edmund looks at the battlefield and is like, no thank you, not for me. Well, because he's just like, wow, a lot of people are doing a lot of stuff here. Some people aren't doing anything at all. They're just laying there. Baldur just goes, oh, well, they're dead, my lord. And Edmund's just like, oh, I gotta pee, pee time. Pee time. As he's going pee, he ties his horse up. Then Richard of York and Richard III come by, you know, just checking up on each other, seeing how they're doing. And Richard of York is like, do you need a horse? Uh, kind of important. And that's when we get that wonderful line that Marquez said at the beginning of the episode where he's like, I can find a horse, Richard. My favorite thing in the world is that Richard of York is just like, all right, bye. Bye. You have no protection whatsoever on the field. So then Richard III sees Edmund's horse, trots up to it, and then Edmund goes, you there, what are you doing? And then decapitates him in one swing. Chops off Richard III's head. <laughs> one of my favorite literal, like literally one of my favorite line readings is just, Edmund's like, oh, who did I kill? It looks like it's a nobleman. So great. He pulls up the hood. <laughs> he pulls up the hood and he's just like, oh my God, it's Richard. <laughs> and it's so funny it's comedy yeah megan it's comedy and baldrick hears the noise and comes up megan are you okay i love black adder i know so baldrick hears this and says what's up my lord <laughs> and it's pretty good i want to start saying what's up my lord to people and Evan's like, we gotta get this body off this field. We gotta hide it. So they start dragging it to a shed and they just leave the head and the cloak and then they get it into the shed and their friend Percy comes up and he's like, got the head with him because he found it on the field and he's like, I'm gonna use this to say I killed a nobleman. And they're like, oh yeah, what nobleman is that? And he's like, oh, actually it's the king. <laughs> And they come across, like, this random fucking guy who's bloody that's just in the stable. And he's dying, and he's like, help me, help me. And Evan's like, hell nah. Who the hell are you? And they kind of stash the body in a barrel and just kind of leave. And the bloody man is like, I'll offer you some money. 10,000 sovereigns. And Percy's like, hey now. <laughs> I'm gonna come back in. <laughs> Peek my head back through that door. I tried to do the conversion on how much money that would cost, but oddly enough, it's really hard to find how much sovereigns from the 1480s would be worth. I don't think you tried hard enough. That's my opinion. So we cut to Edmund's back at his castle and he is scared. What if they find out? Also, the king is dead. Yeah, that's bad. Even if they don't find out that he did it, it's bad enough that the king is dead. And he tells his mother to go and hide. And makes an unfortunate sexual assault joke 
because, you know, that's what people did to women after they won battles. Yeah, that's not a funny, though. It's not funny. But what is funny is Edmund says, run to the hills. And Baltric mentions, they're coming from the hills. Run away from the hills. If you see the hills, run the <laughs> other way. But then it, it is pointed out that the approaching army has Richard III's flag. And Edmund still doesn't believe it. He's like, no, it's a trick. They're going to kill us all. And it's not. It's not a trick. It's just Richard, Duke of York, and all the guys. Just like, we won. We did it. Ha ha. Where's the king? It's great. Richard of York does knock over the door because he's mad that it's locked. That is true. Which is funny. And then they're just like, ah, how great. We can't wait to tell King Richard. And... Of course, Edmund's mom has found out that King Richard is dead from Edmund. And it's just like, yeah, what a shame he's dead, though. And he's like, who told you? Well, Edmund did. And they turn to Edmund and Edmund's like, oh, no, actually, he's totally fine. I don't know what I was talking about. I don't, I misspoke. And then someone brings in Richard III's dead body and it's is like. Harry, his brother, Harry. Oh, his brother, Harry. Edmund's brother, Harry. Does he become important later? Because he certainly isn't important here. No, it's just he's one of the nephews, you know. And everyone's like, oh, no. <laughs> That's bad. Guess Richard, Duke of York, is king. Yep. He is now Richard the Fourth. Huzzah. Yay! Yay! So he compares the day to a stew with the beef of victory and the vile turnip of the death of King Richard and the grisly dumpling of the fled killer. But we must eat the yellow wobbly parts. I don't know what the yellow wobbly parts are. The fat in the yeah, stew, yeah. I guess? I don't know. It was funny, but looking back on it, I'm like, I don't get this. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> we cut to the next scene, and Percy, Baldrick, and Edmund are cheering because they got away with the murder of a king. And Edmund is a prince now. Ooh. There is a big bit here that's just all jokes because some middle manager it's guy. It's Harry. It's Harry again? Yes, it's Harry. Is it the same guy? Yes, yeah, the, the same guy. Megan, all. Who said, your other son, my lord. It's the same guy. Megan, if it's not Brian Blessed or Rowan Rowan Atkinson. Or Baldrick or Percy, they're all the same. They're all the same. So Harry comes in to take a tally of the dead. And it honestly is just one bit after another. Because Edmund wants to seem like he was good. So he lists like 450 peasants that he killed. And then he's like, I killed this guy. And Harry's like, he's on our side. And he's like, I meant this guy. And Harry's like, I killed him at some point myself. And then Harry's like, also this priest. And he's just like, oh, I killed him too. And he's like, is going to be here on Thanksgiving? Ah, ha, ha, ha. Jokes, jokes. So many funny name. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I make fun of it. But like, I laughed the whole time. Yeah, it's just a bunch of bits. I mean, there's not much to say about it, Megan. It turns out. That that bloody man, Percy, brought back. And he's sleeping in Edmund's bed. Okay. Megan, I watched this. And I was like, who gives a shit? 10,000 sovereigns! Yeah, I understand. But there are no jokes happening, Megan. Anyway. What Percy brings up is that they could nurse him back to health and get that money that he promised. No, 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 no. Edmund has a better idea. Nurse him back to health and get the money he promised. See, I love that Timon and Pumbaa bit, man. 
I love when a lower intelligence character has a good idea and the supposed highly intelligent character steals that idea and says the exact same thing. And then the lesser intelligent character's like, what a great idea. Now that Edmund is a prince and such, he's decided that he deserves a self-given title. And so he shall call himself the Black Vegetable. Insert canned laughter. <laughs> I guess it's funny. Wouldn't a black adder be better? Good oh. job, Baldrick. <laughs> yeah, he's the black adder now. Okay, that joke is not funny. I need to make it clear. There are funnier words you can use instead of vegetable. I don't think that vegetable is that funny of a word if that's what you wanted to go with. If it's the fact that you wanted to go with a harmless thing. You could yeah. say, like, the black dodo or something. Yes. Or, but, like, the black lemming. And thus, the black atta is born. And so then we have a montage of him getting some new clothes. It's all black. He puts on some jester shoes. He picks out out of three bowls that will go over his head for a hairstyle, which is pretty funny. Megan loves his little jester shoes. They're jester shoes. It's the, literally the joke. It's like, he's foolish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Do you get it? He's yeah. kind of foolish. And we find out that Edmund knows who that bloody man is. But he doesn't. He just recognizes him from somewhere. And the bloody man is like, oh, so who are you? And when Edmund says who he is, he gets kind of nervous. Yeah, he's being pretty coy about his profession. But we can't worry about that right now because then the ghost of Richard III shows up. Ooh. And he calls Edmund a lot of names. It's pretty Shakespearean. Yeah. It's just strings of insults. Personally, the joke runs dry for me after yeah. like the first two. But then him head comes off. Ooh. And it floats around a bunch. And he's just like, I'm a ghost. I'm a ghost. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ghost. Green screen effect. Boom, 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 boom. That's pretty much it. And while he's talking to the ghost, Edmund's mom comes up and is like, Hello, son, I want to come in. And he's like, you can't come in. Why, do you have a woman in there? No. A man in there? No. Oh, Edmund, it isn't a sheep, is it? No, mother, it's not a sheep. And she's like, you could tell me whatever, whoever it is, whatever it is. I always keep secrets like how your father has very tiny private parts. Okay. <laughs> Small penis joke. She comes in, and as she's opening the door, the ghost goes away. And she looks like she's gonna, like, pick up the room, maybe, go make his bed or something. And she goes towards the bed, and Edmund starts making bleeding sheep sounds. And she's like, oh, Edmund! And she leaves. Because she's like, I don't want to be around for that. It's the lying that hurts the most. Yeah, she's great. Let's move on to the banquet scene. They do a Macbeth thing, and the ghost of Richard III is sitting in Richard III's chair, and Edmund all presumptuous is like, I'm gonna go sit in the fucking throne? It is clearly the throne. Yes, and Richard IV is like, what the hell are you doing? And Edmund was like, oh, I don't know, it was an open chair, and then he looks, and it's not an open chair. They pulled a Macbeth, it's Banquo's ghost, except it's Richard III. I love Brian Blessed's hair here. It's like wild in all directions. I just like it. 
Because he's so frazzled, he's got to find the killer of his uncle. I will say, this is another bit that to me goes on for too long, which is Richard the Fourth and Harry are talking about, if only we knew who killed Richard the Third, And Richard III's like, it was him, that guy in the corner. But they do it like four times. Yeah, and- but the first time we get Rowan Atkinson's once again amazing, oh my god! <laughs> He does do a bit where he just says, I didn't kill him. Wait, what did you say? Oh, he said he didn't kill him. And it's just like bits. Again, I can't fault the show mostly because it's all bits. And so it's not even presuming to have any sort of, for lack of a better word, point. But then Richard Fourth asks to bring forth the portrait of Henry Tudor so that they could shit on it? Are they going to shit on it, Megan? I don't know. I, I believe they imply that they're going to defecate on the portrait. Wait a second, though. That portrait looks really familiar. Add a bit of blood on it. <gasps> and it's that bloody man. I will say this show actually tricked me. I actually really like this twist. I was like, why the fuck do we keep going back to this guy? <laughs> it's not funny. It's not a it's like it's not a joke. You were never like, oh, it's probably Henry Tudor. No! There's nothing that the show did to make me possibly think that it was. And I kind of enjoyed that little twist. But Edmund realizes this and he's like, oh shit, I'm like Marquez, I didn't realize this, and he runs. And he gets in the room and Henry Tudor's gone. He's gone. And the ghost of Richard III's like, you fucked up, kid. The ghost has good bits here where he's like getting in Edmund's way a lot for a couple of times. And then the last time when Edmund's trying to leave the room, he does open the door. And Edmund's like, time to get on my horse and go track down Henry Tudor. Scrooge, Scrooge, who's that? Witches. Witches show up. Three witches. And they start their bullshit of like, Ruler of men, ravisher of women, slayer of kings. Who the hell are you? Get out of my way. And they're like, you're going to be king. It's like, oh, really now? (laughs) And he leaves. And then it's like, da-da, that's the end of it. The end. That is the end of the show. It's done. You can now go to bed. Or eat your dinner if you haven't. It's over, Blackadder. Episode one is done. Blackadder, the series. Has it your heart now won? I'm actually legitimately impressed. I didn't write that beforehand. No, that you was did off not. the dome. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of me. So yeah, Blackadder has a theme. Uh, it's Megan's favorite song in the world. I love it. Um, I was trying to listen to it the other day and I accidentally put on a playlist of like 250 songs. Every fifth one was the Black Adder theme song. Weird. And I don't know how that happened. I really like it and it changes during the show, like throughout the seasons. And I can't remember if it does it in, episode, in the first season, but I know that at some point it starts doing the plot to each episode within the theme song. Black, his horse is black. Black, he's got a cod piece. Black, look at his hair. Black, his pot and kettle, get it? It's jokes. 
I like it a lot. There's an epilogue. The witches are just like, I thought Henry Tudor would be better looking. More like that guy who came by before Henry Tudor. Oh no, that was Henry Tudor. We, we told some schmo. We messed up royally. See, but it is funny because like Edmund did kill a king. It makes sense that he thinks the prophecy's about him. And he's a prince now, so fair. Now though, Megan. No, we don't have to say it. Re- Megan? I don't want to talk about it. Megan? No. The witches do make a joke saying that Rowan Atkinson looks a little bit too Jewish. Yeah. So here's the weird thing. Richard Curtis, who I have come to assume is kind of the main writer, because he's the writer of the whole series, and considering Rowan Atkinson was like, hey, what's my character to him? Yeah. I assume that Richard Curtis kind of wrote the plots, and Rowan Atkinson probably worked on the bits. And, like, his dad was Jewish and lived in Poland and had to, like, refugee away from Poland because of the World War. Oh, the two? Yeah. The bad one? I mean, they were both bad. Yeah. So why is this joke here? Because he's irreligious, so I guess he was just like, well, I can't act like I like Jewish people, I guess. Boo. I don't, it's so uncomfortable. Why did you end the episode on this? This was like the last thing that happens, and it like, Kind of totally soils it a little bit. Yeah, it's a really weird thing. But here's my thing. It's not even like a joke. It's not even a joke anyway. It's just, yeah, it's a sad ending to the episode that otherwise I super love. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, that's the episode. We're done. We finished. It's a very short little thing. Yeah. Very enjoyable. I really like it. I mean, you can just... You can just not watch the epilogue because we already told you what happens in yeah. it, so you don't have to watch it. Also, yeah. you'd figure out the prophecy wasn't meant for him if you just watched the rest of the series. I like the bits enough that I will totally watch the rest of the show. I have something I think William Shakespeare would say about the Black Adder. Okay. It is too childish foolish for this world. Fair. What would you rate episode one of series one, The Black Adder? I would rate it the third best television character out of Channel 4 who did that poll. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. It's got numbers. What would you rate the Black Adder episode one? I would rate it eight good bits out of ten. The two being the sexual assault one and the Jewish one. Yeah. Those are the bad bits. Yeah. With those perfect ratings, that wraps up our episode on episode one of The Black Adder. I hope that you all enjoyed. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you'd like to hear more of us, you can find more wherever you're listening to this. And if you really, really want to hear more of us that most people don't get to hear, you get to get bloopers and things at patreon.com slash avantbardpod. And we will see you anon. Avant Bard is created by Matthew James Marquez and Megan Charlow. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash avantbardpod. We would like to thank Riley Allen for the creation of our theme music, Cloverkin for our logo artwork, and everyone in the audience for joining us. 
If you'd like to learn more about AvantBard, you can visit us on all social media platforms at AvantBardPod.